Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. How are you doing, brothers and sisters? Inshallah, all is well with yourselves and your family. Today is an interesting one. Today I'm just speaking off the top of my head about experiences that I've overcame over the last kind of couple of years. And it's to do with this subject of showing your religion in public, whether that's praying outside in a public space, whether that is growing the beard, whether that's wearing the hijab, just physical things that people can tell that we're Muslims from a distance. So we'll run the intro. So, the big question is this. How do Muslims like us, who live busy lives in non-Muslim countries, remain strong in our faith and practice Islam while being surrounded by temptations and distractions? How do we reconnect with Allah and strive towards Jannah as one community of believers? That is the question and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Ahmed Rehan and welcome to Jannah Talk. Western society, specifically here we live in the UK, and it's a minority Muslim country. Now, ever since I was the age of, let's say, 20 years old, and we started practicing religion, um, like free willing, not with my parents, um, not insistence, but with their influence, it's always been a case that when it comes to showing public your religion, whether that's praying at work, praying outside of the masjid, it always becomes a little bit awkward for us. Now for me specifically, you find yourselves not always being able to pray at home. So then what do we do? Do we miss our salahs? Do we try to do somewhere public? Or do we just, yeah, just not do salahs at all basically? Now, not doing salahs is not an option. How about delaying the salahs? Now in the UK, you can, at the wintertime season, all the salahs are within like six hours you know, uh, from 8am till 3pm or something, you can have all the salahs. So if you go to work, you can very quickly miss the whole days worth of salahs. Now, that's also not an option as well. It's very, very difficult to keep up your iman when you miss all the day. You feel like a lot of pressure on your shoulders. First of all, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not recommended us to do that, has commanded us not to do that. But also, on yourself, you feel that burden on your shoulders the whole day and then when you come to fulfill the salahs like praying like 20 minutes in a row just to catch up the love or the 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 tranquility that you should be feeling in salah is kind of lost because you're just fulfilling it as a duty so this got me thinking now because I've been praying now alhamdulillah 15 years regularly consistently uh, with the the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but when it comes to praying at a workplace what I found is, first of all, before I start any work, I'm always looking around to kind of get the vibes. Is this going to be a place that's going to allow me to to pray? Is there space to pray? Is there is there other colleagues that are Muslim in this location? What is the work? Is it something that I can put down and do salah and get back to it? For example, I used to work on a construction site, building houses. Um, that was okay because... I could pray in any house at all. I could just go in any empty house and pray in my salah and sometimes a finished house. So that was also very nice. That was a good job to have. 
Um, I've worked in offices, again, that was really comfortable to pray. I've done jobs such as delivery driver. Those were, again, that was fairly easy to do because it was, when you didn't have a delivery, you were in the office and you could do your salahs then. How about jobs where you don't have the opportunity, let's say a doctor. How, what is a doctor going to do in that scenario? Well, I've never been a doctor, so I can't, I can't talk from that reality. How about a job where you are working outside, so you don't have a, a fixed location? When you don't have a fixed location, or where you get caught out, let's say you're out with family and you're outside. So for me, I've built up the confidence and the ability just to pray outside. Now, we do that, obviously you try to find somewhere nice and quiet, a corner. Specifically, it happens when I'm at the gym, let's say you're at the gym and you need to pray. Then I take my muslaya and I try to find a, a corner to do salah. But this took years to build up the confidence to just be able to pray and not really care what anyone else thinks. Because you feel bad either way, you feel bad if you don't do your salah. Okay, but then when you do your salah, you're kind of feeling bad because you might be getting in the way of people. You might, yeah, you might be getting in the way. People are going to look at you and think, what's this person doing? What's this crazy person doing? I think one colleague of mine told me, <laughs> he walked in on me doing salah and he thought I had fallen because I had like, yeah, I was in sajda at the time, head on the ground and he thought I had fallen. And obviously because we can't say anything, he... He really didn't know what to do. I was I was considering making like a little sign so when I'm doing salah <laughs> somebody would walk in the room and I have a little sign saying I am praying come back in five minutes something like that I think it people understand once they know what you're doing but if they if they walk into a room and you're frozen still just standing there still I don't know what they're gonna think again this could all just be thoughts in our heads and and shaitan getting into our head Maybe non-Muslims don't really care what we're doing. Like, I wouldn't care if I seen another religious person fulfilling their religious um, commandments or responsibilities. I wouldn't really bother me. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't offend me. It wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't. I would actually have respect for that person, you know, fulfilling his commandments, fulfilling his duties to something that he believes in strongly. But yet, when we do it, we kind of feel like we're getting in the way. It's a bit awkward. So I would encourage brothers and sisters, depends on where you are on the journey of discovery of Islam, if your deen is strong, you'll find this easier than others. If you're still, you know, trying to fulfill your five times salah, focus on that. If you're not doing salah at all, try to at least do one or two a day and slowly build up the confidence. Once you get to the point where you're doing five a day, then it'll come naturally, it'll be easier for you to try to do externally outside the house, outside of the place you're, you're most comfortable in. But definitely make those steps a step forward every single time. Another example of when we try to or feel a bit awkward showing our religion is the growing of the beard. So for me, I've had many a job interviews, and I've at the time growing the beard for a few months. I was grooming it, making sure it was nice and long, mashallah, because the job I was at I was comfortable with and the surroundings were easy. But now I went into a corporate job, and I was thinking, yeah, people are going to start. You know, it doesn't look too professional in the in a job interview scenario, and my beard kind of grows funny, kind of like dry hay. It goes everywhere, like it's spiky. It goes everywhere. It's not when you start to get it a bit long, it doesn't grow so neat. 
so you get this worry that you know you're going to be judged on your your appearance initially none of us want to be judged or discriminated on our appearance you know if we don't have the education if the job's not right for us if someone's got more experience fine but nobody wants to be judged on their appearance and discriminated against in that way so you have all these feelings and then due to my weaknesses i started you know trimming down the beard a little bit before the interview and then you trim it a little bit more and a little bit more before you know it you're almost clean shaven you know maybe it's just a little bit of stubble or you've clean shaven it off all on all for the basis of this interview to get this job so you do that you kind of feel bad about it you go to the interview <laughs> and the first thing you see is the person taking the interview this happened to me the person taking it's got a huge beard a non-Muslim person, I mean, a huge beard, and you're just looking, thinking, wow, I just shaved my beard to impress this guy, because I thought he'd judge me, because I've got a beard, and here he is, he's got a massive beard, and subhanAllah, it's just how we get into our heads, and we start, you know, thinking that people are going to judge negatively, now, I don't think any less of him, because he has a beard, it's a big grey beard, non-Muslim guy, Um, he was about in his 40s, so subhanAllah, so there's me trying to impress somebody by shaving off my beard, and he himself has got a beard. And again, this happened to me recently at work where we're colleagues, we were talking about beards and how it's uh, such a big fashion now. And this colleague is a bit older than myself, he's uh, in his 40s. He said back in the day, you know, 20, 30 years ago, beards were just not a thing. Like, you just could not, it was deemed unprofessional and a bit scruffy to have beards. And this was just, you know, 20, 30 years ago, but now it's a fashion. SubhanAllah, how the, the fashions change over time. One thing is in fashion and out of fashion, in fashion, out of fashion. And that's why we follow Allah and His Rasul because the rules that we have in place don't change throughout the time. They don't just come with the fashion. Do you remember those days, maybe in the 90s, we had those trousers, the poppers, up and down the leg, it was just like buttons. You can like pull them apart, things like that. That was like a fashion or the jean style, if it flares at the bottom. Or now it's the skinny jeans, it's tight jeans. And the fashion keeps changing, but the rules of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they just stay the same. Uh, and our problem is we're trying to chase the fashion. So one minute, people have got stubble, it's cool. Now they, they're growing long beards. Uh, and we just seem to be following that. And it's very exhausting, actually. But what isn't exhausting is if we stick to the rules and the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and just be consistent with that. So for me, the beard growing, I've made a pledge to myself that I will keep the beard regardless of the profession or role that I have in future. I will keep the beard. I will keep the beard, inshallah. Cause just, yeah. I felt bad have, having sh shaved it off. I, I just felt so... Yeah, I just felt so weak that I'd shaved, uh, shaved the beard off for this to impress this person and he himself had it. So yes, that's another thing. So, showing our religion in public, brothers and sisters, it's not something easy to take on board straight away in a non-Muslim country, but it's definitely something required to fulfill the commandments of Allah, because we need to do our salahs all throughout the day. You can plan your day where, you know, you're, sal you're at certain places in your day at the salah time. I've done that throughout my whole life. But there's, there is times where that's just not possible, and you do have to fulfill your salahs out with that time. Um, and that includes things like taking like like a, a towel or having some like tissues to be able to do waddle and then dry yourself with as well. So it comes down to waddle as well. 
Um, definitely getting having a place to do waddle is very very important but in the western society there's bathrooms everywhere so we don't have that lack of water so that should be easy it's just finding a nice clean space um, some people when they're traveling we know the rules of traveling shorten your salars one debatable subject is can you do salah in your car while seated now, I'll have to do another podcast with uh, our Mufti Shabazz who can go in more depth about the rulings about the Salah, but people, some people say you can do it sitting, some people say no, it has to be standing, depends, is it the vehicle moving, is there a place where you can safely pull over and do Salah? So many rulings and so many intricate matters that I wouldn't want to get into them myself. I'll speak to uh, Mufti Shabazz and get him on to answer this question for us inshallah in the near future but all we can do is be confident be consistent and again it's for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he has all the the power in his hands so when you go to an interview it's not the person in front of you that's giving you the job it's through Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so if this if this person looks down upon you because of your beard then this is possibly not going to be a good job for you because it's going to restrict you in other areas of your your religion as well. If they have a problem with your beard, what else have they got a problem with? Maybe, I don't know, maybe they, <laughs> they want you to go on nights out and have alcohol or do some other things with alcohol or whatever the job is. It might just not be the right job for you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saving you from that. So we just be consistent, brothers and sisters. And the hijab with sisters, I mean, this is a whole topic in its own and I'm not a sister, I can't comment personally, but I can understand how it can be difficult to wear a hijab and it's something that's physically out there that is obvious that you are a practicing person. Again, I'll get a sister in our community to come forward and we'll have to chat about this. My wife, mashallah, wears hijab so I get first-hand experience of seeing how she deals with that but she's been wearing it for years now. But again, it was a slow progression to wear the hijab and a lot I know a lot of sisters come on the hijab off the hijab um, and it is a very difficult scenario to be in in a non-muslim country to put on something so that points you out that separates you from society but I pray Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us all the strength to practice his deen and to fulfill his commands and to make it easy for us as well in this society where it's so easy just to to fade away from the religion and to follow the fashion and the trends that we see on the TV and on the movies and uh, and have righteous friends that keep us in that state of always remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So dear brothers and sisters, I hope we can all take this as some advice. I'm definitely taking it on for myself and that's something I'm going to be working on every single day to get stronger, to be able to practice my deen. I, I cannot wait. Ramadan is like two weeks away now. I cannot wait. Ramadan is such a good time to just strengthen all of our connections to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because we think if, if we can do this throughout Ramadan throughout the 30 days of Ramadan the rest of the year is so 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 easy for us inshallah so until the next time I'll leave you with the peace and blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala